The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hello there, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman of differentbrains.org. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Boy, are we lucky today. We have for our interview none other than the rock star of all of autism, our friend Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin, who I've been fortunate enough to share the stage with speaking at the USAAA, she has done so much for all of us whose brains might be different. She's an extraordinary woman who happens to have autism, whose life story, books, and advocacy have done so much for mainstreaming the acceptance of people on the spectrum. Recently, I was at an airport here in South Florida, and so was Temple Grandin. We were both on a flight going out to Colorado, and as luck would have it, the flight was delayed. Temple was so nice and so cooperative because we turned this into an interview for exploring different brains. The first question I asked her was, how do we advance the job skills of those with autism. Now, what I'm saying, just in the last, you know, few years, probably three or four years, is more problems with a lack of learning job skills. And when mothers come up and talk to me at conferences, and their child is fully verbal, uh, maybe 18, 21, 22 years old, I'm kind of seeing two paths: a good path where they've learned work skills and they've had jobs before they graduated from high school going out there and doing quite well on uh, getting a career. And the other path I'm seeing is a kid has become a recluse in his room and playing video games eight hours a day. And that's not a good path to go down and it's really difficult to wean them off the video games. It has to be done really slowly and replaced with something else. And one of the things I'm going to suggest is auto mechanics and diesel mechanics because there's a huge shortage right now of the mechanical uh, skilled tradespeople. The other thing in careers is developing uh, the kind of uh, skills that work for that particular kid. I was an extreme visual thinker, so my work with the cattle is the field of industrial design. That's the art side of engineering. Then you have another kind of autistic brain that is the um, pattern thinker, the mathematical thinker, computer programmers, engineers. And then a third type is the person that's the word thinker. They're gonna be good at a job that requires language. And there's evidence based for this, and I cover in my book, um, The Autistic Brain, which you can easily pick up online. You know, I do uh, talks and a lot of things in the autism world. But for years, I've worked in construction in the cattle world. I've been out to Silicon Valley to tech companies. And I see programmers out there that I know are on the spectrum. I see engineering majors that are just enrolling at the university that I know are on the spectrum and they're undiagnosed. So as I go back and forth between the different worlds, I'm seeing an old hippie guy who's the head of maintenance for a large meatpacking plant. And they're not able to replace him. And what really bothers me is to see smart kids ending up playing video games in the basement when they ought to be fixing Tyson plants. And Tyson's hiring right now, and United Airlines is also hiring mechanics right now. There's a shortage. What is your perception of the overall spectrum of all neurodiversity? 
Well, one of the problems with uh, autism diagnosis, especially since they changed the guidelines in 2013, is you now have a huge spectrum that goes from Einstein and somebody who's been working in Silicon Valley to somebody that can't dress themselves. And I'm seeing more problems when I talk to moms of getting kind of a handicap mentality. Even when you have a child that's absolutely fully verbal when he's a teenager. Those used to be called Asperger's before. And I'm seeing a lot of problems with being overprotected. They're not learning basic skills like shaking hands and shopping. Five years ago, I would have never have dreamed that I would have had to talk about learning shopping. That is something I learned when I was seven years old. I got 50 cents a week for allowance, and I knew I could buy five comics with that or 10 candy bars with it. And if I wanted that 69 cent airplane, I had to save for two weeks. That taught some basic money skills. Where do you think um, autism ranks, so to speak, with other neurodiversities such as dyslexia, ADHD, and then mental health issues? Are there a lot of comorbidities? Well, there's think? a lot of crossover genetically. I've actually looked at some genetic research, ADHD and uh, fully verbal autism, there is crossover. There's crossover with some OCD, dyslexia. They're not the same, um, the same things but there's crossover. I took this logic class where you have the Venn diagrams yes. where they overlap like the yeah. Olympic rings. It's kind of like Venn diagrams. There is a intersection where something like OCD or ADHD overlaps with uh, autism. Now the first chapter in the Aspertools book I made anxiety because I think that rules us all. Where does anxiety play a role here? I had horrible problems with panic attacks and anxiety and they started in puberty and I've been on antidepressant medication for the last 35 years. It saved me. And it's very important to use low doses. In my book, Thinking in Pictures, which you can easily pick up online, I describe my personal experiences with a low dose of antidepressants. The mistake that doctors make, Prozac or Zoloft or other antidepressants, is too high a dose. Those label doses are for depression. If you give too high a dose, you're gonna get agitation and insomnia. They are raising doses when they should be lowering them. But low dose of antidepressant medication absolutely saved me. What do you think of the um, recent studies showing the rewiring of the brain with neuroplasticity with simple things like diet and exercise? Well, there's a lot of research that shows that exercise is good for the brain. You want evidence-based, you can get evidence-based on that. And I do um, 100 sit-ups every day on the bed, and it's really helped me with sleep. Okay, one thing that I've observed, uh, since the uh, new guidelines came out in 2013 in the DSM is more problems with uh, kids not learning shopping and basic skills and working skills. See, prior to 2013, a, a child be diagnosed as Asperger's if they were socially awkward with no speech delay. And the autism had to have speech delay. And now it's all just one great big spectrum. And I'm seeing worse problems and sort of getting the handicap mentality um, with things such as uh, never learn shopping or not learning working skills. Because the individuals that learn how to work before they graduate from high school, I think are having a much better prognosis. And I'm referring to fully verbal, the fully verbal uh, kids that can, uh, you know, have normal speech and can read and write at an adult level. What's the uh, biggest single thing that parents can do differently, would you say? 
my mother had a really good sense of just how much to stretch me, to stretch me slightly outside my comfort zone so I'd keep learning and doing new things. Uh, it was her idea to have me go out to my aunt's ranch. Then after I'd done my aunt's ranch for two summers, she said, well, let's do something else. And we'll do the aunt's ranch for half the summer, and we'll do an internship at a research lab for the other half of the summer. Also, as an aide for a child with autism, another half of the summer. Always stretching. Never throw, she never threw me in the deep end of the pool, but always stretching and doing new things. I was hostess at her parties when I was seven, eight years old. She got me a sewing job when I was 13 years old. And when I went away to my boarding school, I, was, I ran the horse barn, cleaning stalls every day, putting the horses in and out, feeding the horses. And now when I look back on it, riding the horses is really fun. But actually the most important thing for my development was running the horse barn and learning how to work. Tell us about how you learned how to drive. Well, that was out of my aunt's ranch, and we had to pick the mail up every day, and it was three miles up to the mailbox on a dirt road and three miles back. So I did 200 miles on dirt roads before I did any traffic. So what I recommend on driving is burn up a tank of gas in a totally safe place, on backcountry roads, on big stadium parking lots, uh, and before you even do driver's ed, because driver's ed throws these kids into it way too quickly. They need to completely learn how to operate the car before they have to deal with traffic. The interaction with other human beings can be a limiting factor. Well, when I was a very young child, mother would have me be a hostess at her parties, have to learn how to greet the guests. Kids in my generation were taught social skills much more systematic way. You were taught how to shake hands. I'm seeing too many kids today that are fully verbal. Nobody's instructed them just how far apart to stand, and the exact way that you shake hands. Now I just got back from Brazil and they do a lot of hugging and kissing. Well, you've got to learn exactly when that's appropriate. You don't do it the first time you meet the person. What advice would you have for uh, the adolescent who's first getting into dating in his teens or her teens? Well, I think that um, where there's going to be the most successful is where there's a shared interest. I've talked to a lot of people that had successful marriages, and it would be uh, two computer uh, people uh, met each other at a science fiction meeting. But the shared interest is a really good way to, to find uh, uh, people that you're going to have a relationship with. What can differentbrains.org do to help you, not that you need any help, achieve your mission and your goals? My big concerns I've got right now is I'm seeing a lot of talented kids aren't learning just normal skills like shopping. You know, like a kid that's 13 years old or 17 years old has never gone to the store and, and shopped. And when I go back and forth between the tech industry and the cattle industry, and then I do an autism meeting, I see old people, welders that I worked with, working on equipment in these big beef plants that I know are on the spectrum. Some of these people um, own metal fabrication companies. You go out to computer companies, and I see people there that I know are on the spectrum. So what I'm saying is, you know, one kind of uh, socially awkward guy gets addicted to video games, becomes a recluse in the house, the other one uh, learns how to work before he graduates from high school and is doing real well. Um, when I was 15, 16 years old, I was cleaning horse stalls every day. And when I look back on that now, one of the things I learned is I learned how to work cleaning those horse stalls. And just in the last five or six years, I'm finding that the learning how to work while you're still in high school, really important. I had nine stalls to clean every single day. 
I put the horses in and out of the barn, and I fed them. So the biggest single problem you feel now is the social awkwardness and not working, not holding a job, not learning the basic skills of life. What I'm seeing is, um, you know, some moms are having a lot of problems with letting go. When I talked to one mom uh, about her 13-year-old maybe uh, going shopping for the first time to buy some printer paper, she started uh, breaking down and crying, saying she couldn't let go, and all I suggested was buying something at the office supply store. I'm not suggesting anything dangerous. I'm just suggesting the most normal, safe thing. Basic shopping. Basic, basic shopping. I mean, five years ago, I never dreamed I'd have to talk about shopping. But now I'm finding fully verbal smart kids that look like a junior version of somebody ought to be working from Microsoft or Google, and they haven't learned shopping. And they also never had a job. They need to learn that discipline. You've got to be there every day and do the job. When I was 15, 16 years old, I cleaned nine stalls every day. Or stalls. And I, just, I just watched you as one of your admirers came up, and uh, her daughter uh, is wanted to shake hands and was having difficulty, and you were mentoring her right and there then, on the spot. And then she went away for a little bit, and then she came back and asked for a picture, and she spoke up louder, and she learned how to shake hands better. You've got to demonstrate to these children how to shake hands and greet people, like teaching somebody in a foreign country. You see, in my generation in the 50s, social skills like shaking hands was done in a much more structured way. And they used a method that I call teachable moments. For example, if I stirred my drink with my finger, mother didn't say no, she'd say use the spoon. She gave the instruction instead of saying no. And you see, our hero at Different Brains, Temple Grandin, who is to neurodiversity, as Elvis was to music, is so inspiring. Here she is at the airport, taking time to interview with Different Brains here, mentoring people who are coming up to her. And she's bigger than life, and we'll be speaking together out in Portland. That's right. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming to that. And I just want to see these kids be everything that they can be. And uh, I'm seeing more problems today with, especially the fully verbal kids, are not learning basic skills. Shake hands with people, shopping, and their prognosis is going to be a whole lot better if they have two real jobs under their belt before they graduate from high school. Another example was a girl who worked several summers at Dairy Queen, and she learned about nursing, and she's gotten married and has a successful nursing degree. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much. So that's it for another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Thanks to Dr. Temple Grandin for doing this great spur-of-the-moment interview. For more on Dr. Grandin, in case you've been living under a rock because she's so famous, but you can check out her website at templegrandin.com. Thank you. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc., for more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.